everyone. Welcome to the Weird World Podcast. It's just the grown-ups tonight. I'm Carrie. Hi, I'm Dean. The other grown-up. Thank you. Kind of. Huh. <laughs> All right. It did seem a little nice of you to say that, so. I see. Beside the fact that all of our children are actual grown-ups, but. We'll never think of them that way, obviously. <laughs> no. Nope. Okay, Dean. What are we going to talk about this evening? I am going to start a, not a two-part, but we're going to do back-to-back UFO stories. Cool. These are actually similar, but I think of them almost as kind of bookends. This first one, and you'll see why eventually, but this first one, kind of very similar events, but with very different ways of looking at them, even though this first one here is actually the far more well-known and famous of the two events. Next week, we'll do something called the Michigan Lights. This week, we're going to do something a lot more famous, which is called the Phoenix Lights. One now of everybody's going to Google Michigan Lights. Oh, well, don't do that. Just wait until next, next week. week. So the Phoenix Lights happened in March 13th of 1997 and be, quickly became one of the most famous UFO, supposed UFO events in UFO lore. You don't think of Arizona mm-hmm. as a um, like a hot spot for UFOs, but they actually have had quite a few, like per capita, I guess their UFO sightings are fairly high. One reason is probably just they have a very, you know, there aren't so many lights in the sky, so you can see things in the sky a lot easier in the in vast, empty deserts that Arizona has. Well, when I thought I saw a UFO, I was, as a matter of fact, in Arizona. What? When did you think you saw a UFO? When I was a child. In Arizona? At the river. Oh, okay. On the other barely in Arizona, on the yes. other side of the Colorado River. Uh-huh. Got but it. we saw these bright lights flashing mm. in the distance. Intriguing. And we tried to get to them. Try to get to the bright lights? Yeah. Oh, like on the ground? Yeah. Oh, not in the sky. No, we were little kids. Oh, okay. Well, you know, they were flashing in the sky. Hmm. But it looked like it was might have been coming from the ground. We don't know. Like it an was, airfield or something like lights maybe or something like that. No, it was like big, big flashes. Oh. You can't well, How have you, you never told me you movements. saw a UFO? Oh, I've told this story many times. To me? I don't yeah. think so. Maybe yeah. it's your other husband. Um your other face. Carrie has a second family, by the way. So. Studious listeners could probably tell you the hmm. episode and right. timestamp. I've probably I probably talked about it on the on the podcast. I'm sure it was like a like it wasn't raining or anything. It was probably a lightning storm, you know, a mm, hundred miles away or something. We could just intriguing. see. Carrie's, you know, you have to tell us more about that later. That's not, that's it. That's the entire that's story. It. So Carrie already told us all about her UFO <laughs> story. So on March 13th, 1997, Arizona became kind of the center of the UFO universe and was home to possibly the most witnessed UFO encounter in the history of UFOs. Hmm. It actually started in the southern tip, or at the southern tip of Nevada, just north of Arizona. The initial sighting of what would become the Phoenix Lights event was over over Henderson, over the sky of Henderson, Nevada, which is a suburb of Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. It was about 7.55 p.m. Witnesses started seeing something up in the dark sky. So it's dark. It's well after sunset. It's, It's dark. Keep that in mind. All this event took place in a very dark night sky. Yeah. So five lights appeared above Henderson, and they formed a V-shape object. One light at the front and two behind it, kind of slanting behind it on, on each side of the lead light. Sure. The thing moved south, and it about 20 minutes later, so out of sight, you know, it mo- it's moving south, it, it leaves Nevada airspace, and about 20 minutes later, you witnesses began to see it in northern Arizona in the more you know popular initially that area right right south of Nevada is very sparsely populated eventually you get to areas around Prescott in northern Arizona that have a little bit of population and about 8 15 p.m folks start seeing the same v-shaped lit object up in the sky mm-hmm. in northern Arizona a police officer in a town called Paulden it's about 200 miles southeast of Henderson he saw the object, for example, and he described it as kind of like reddish-orange lights that slowly moved south, again, still moving south, until they sort of disappeared along a horizon. So they're moving further into Arizona, towards sort of central Arizona. Mm-hmm. And then about 25 miles south of Paulin, they were seen in a town called Prescott Valley. And again, same shape, same coloration, same formation. And again, seeming to move very slowly 
across the sky. Some witnesses compare the shape to a carpenter's square, which is kind of like a V shape, but one of the yeah. quote unquote wings is a little longer. I don't know why that yeah. be, that be, sort of became a thing. You'll hear it said people talk about carpenter's angle or carpenter's square. I don't know why. I've it's for sure it was five objects. So there's one V and yeah. there's two behind it. Maybe at times uh, one of the trailing the, the the most trailing light got a little was, was seemed a little bit further behind possibly did, i don't know but it seems like a v-shape completely in sync they they, like they appear to be moving completely in shape every pretty much every, almost everybody who saw it interpreted it as like a, essentially a triangle like a solid mass of a large object shaped something like a triangle or a, with multiple lights with on multiple it. lights okay. with one again one in the forward and two right. slanting along the sides so right. i mean so it, it, you could interpret that as kind of a V-shaped winged-like object, or you right. could interpret that as a solid triangle. I think people interpret it in both ways. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how the, the the carpenter's angle ever got thrown out. Somebody threw that out there. They probably shouldn't have. Let's, yeah. let's move on. We know people that would have called it a carpenter's yeah, angle. Yeah, exactly. It was, I think someone trying to sound smart. <laughs> well, it's got a lot, you know, probably a carpenter, I'm going to assume. It could have been Jesus. I don't know. For that, for a fact, probably, probably that, not. That would be the bigger story. That would be. If, you'd bury the lead yeah. if it was Jesus. Mm-hmm. Man says UFO <laughs> looks like Carpenter's angle. <laughs> He's got long hair and a beard. Most of the witnesses, or at least many of them, said at, that it moved across the sky silently. It's making no noise. And again, they felt that it was pretty close to them and moving slowly. And that's pretty important for this. We'll, we'll talk about more of that later. How do they gauge the closeness? That's, that's a great question. Because if you can't hear it, I mean, yeah. when, when we see things moving in the sky and you can't hear them, you assume they're much further away. Yes. But the human brain works in I unusual know. ways. And lights in the night very often seem much closer than they are. And so people are interpreting it as being very close to them yeah. and therefore moving slowly. And therefore, its silence it's seems inexplicable. Yeah. Yeah. See, I would assume if I don't see an actual structure, if I only see the yeah. lights, but I guess because it's dark, right? You're not going to see it. Yeah, exactly. But that, I, would, that's how I would assume it's further away. Yes. They're interpreting it, though, as this huge V-shaped or, or triangular-shaped object moving yeah. low and slow through the Arizona night sky. So then sometime around 8.30, maybe to 8.45, accounts vary. The object finally made its way over a sprawling metropolitan Phoenix. The first sightings of this V-shaped five-light object were in Glendale. That's a suburb of Phoenix to the northwest of, I guess, central Phoenix. So it's something like 15 minutes, 30 minutes. It's hard to say after being seen above the Prescott Valley, because Glendale is about 85 miles south of Phoenix. People have interpreted, okay, what does that mean? It means it appears that it was going something like 400 miles an hour, depending on on how long that, that gap was between this two between the folks seeing it around the Prescott area and finally it being seen in the northern reaches of the greater Phoenix. And do you know how fast regular airplanes fly? Oh, something Typically? in that vicinity. Okay. Yeah. But aliens spacecraft can fly any goddamn speed they want, Carrie. Cruising speed could be 400 for an UFO too. You don't know. We don't know their their policies. Uh, I'm not arguing that. I was curious to see how in line that would be with regular airplanes. Approximately. I think jet airplanes fly a little faster than that, but certainly some aircraft can can fly at that speed. Again, though, multiple eyewitnesses saw these lights in the, the Phoenix area now. This triangular object flew along their eastern edge of the Valley of the Sun. That's Greater Phoenix is in there. There's some mountains called the, uh, I think they're called the Sierra Australia Mountain Range, and they form along kind of the eastern rim of this of this valley bowl that appear to be where these these this object flew along that area, and then it disappears. It goes away. It, it's gone. This was a baffling event. It was unexplainable to most people who viewed it. Many people were even terrified. They, were, it, they said it scared them. It kind of shook them. They, I mean, think about it. They believe they just saw this silent, giant, slow-moving UFO brazenly cruise over Arizona as if they owned the airspace. Yeah. So people were a little freaked out. If if it stopped right there, that would have been, you know, a pretty notable event and would have caused some waves. Oh, but it did not stop right there. Not very long later, this already amazing event became even more sensational when around 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. that night, witnesses first by the dozens 
then by the hundreds, and eventually by the thousands, saw a new set of lights over Phoenix. These were only over Phoenix. This the second set of lights, mm-hmm. and they were kind of a string of lights to the southwest of the valley that seemed to hover and even float above the skies outside of Phoenix. So think of like these lights. I've seen the videos. There's great videos of this, by the way. Okay, good. That's what kind of made it famous. And there's at least six, sometimes seven lights. They almost look like just like a huge necklace in the night sky. And they were very bright. To most folks, this indicated some kind of a massive objects, object, singular, with lights in a row. This object was clearly very different from that scene to the north from, what, an hour plus to two hours earlier because it was it was shaped completely differently and right. appeared to be much, much larger. And it wasn't, even at people perceived it as going slow and slow across, this thing didn't appear to be moving at all. Eventually, it would appear to be slowly, slowly, slowly descending. But the, the lights are horizontal. So it's, it's almost like a thing of a cylinder on its side, I guess, like but with lights along in a row. Does yeah, that make sense to you? Uh-huh. That's kind of what it uh, appeared to look like to most people. At times, though, it seemed like some of the lights, especially toward the end or toward one end at least, at least kind of dipped a little bit lower. And so some people described it as sort of a boomerang shape, which is not oh. quite horizontal, but pretty darn close. They're not really a V shape at all. And yeah. again, sort of on its side. Not, you know, with anything on the lead, that, um, but just sort of a, a horizontal line of six or seven lights that were either kind of a straight line or seemed to be kind of a very slight arcing boomerang shape. Estimates of the length. And again, you ask how do people estimate length in the night sky? They, the short they answer is their... they do not and they yes. should not ever. Uh-huh. But people estimated at anywhere from 3,000 to 6,000 feet long. So, the, so a mile long <laughs> boomerang shaped object, That's... cylindrical object. That, I mean, if this was a UFO, it was the mothership. This thing was gigantic. (laughs) It was looking for those other lights that (laughs) got off track. Probably. Or maybe they went into this mothership. Remember this? This is roughly where they ended up. So, again, this object didn't fly like the first object did. It floated. Or at least it seemed to float. It seemed to hover in the sky. Again, it's sort of to the southwest of, of Phoenix. It... Gradually, though, almost imperceptibly sunk lower and lower and lower. Or maybe some people think, or is it just getting more distant? Is it flying off Uh into the eastern or southern or southeastern horizon? Maybe it is. Witnesses weren't sure, but it certainly was getting lower in the sky, at least however you want to perceive that. People, I mean, this was huge. People pulled over their cars. You see video of people go, oh my God, what's happening? People on their little group, their groups of people, probably neighbors, just, you know, in some cul-de-sac somewhere in some residential neighborhood in the, in the foothills are just looking at it and freaking out. People yeah. are really amazed by what is happening. And then I don't know, how, I, it's funny, I can't find anything that said, okay, and they were viewed for, you know, seven minutes. I, I It wasn't, doesn't seem like it was that long. Um, I, I looked at a lot of different YouTubes, but no one seems to have just, here's a video that I saw when they first came until the end. They, they weren't in the sky for very long, yeah. a matter of minutes, not you know tens of minutes or hours or something like that. But I don't know. I can't tell you if it was seven minutes or 15 minutes or, or what have you. So did somebody who was watching them until they disappeared report how they disappeared? Did yes. they just go out? Did they fly away? Did they, what happened? It disappeared over the Eastern horizon. It just sort of blinked out. And one by one, the lights quickly disappeared and they were gone. So okay. it's as if they were extinguished or did they take off at lightning breakneck speed? No one can say for sure, but just yeah. it's just sort of they fall for a little while and then suddenly they blink out and they're gone. Okay. In the sky. That's key. They didn't, they didn't like hit the ground yeah. or anything like that. They were in the sky when they disappeared. Okay. But it was a huge thing. Thousands of people would eventually say they saw these Phoenix light. Many, many people had taken videos of it and also still pictures. And they were shown on the morning shows. They were shown on the evening shows later. They were splashed all over newspapers the very next day. They were, it became a national. I mean, it was okay. on CNN. It was on everything you can think That's of. Good. I was going to ask you, do you remember oh, at the time? I absolutely do. At the time? Yep. Did we talk about it? I don't know if we talked about it. We weren't doing a podcast at the time, but I've, I for sure, I mean, I've been into this stuff for my whole life. Oh, yeah, that's But true. I for sure, absolutely, I remember it. It was a big story. Huh. 
I probably saw it on CNN or something like that. It was first probably. on local Phoenix News. Like it was on the, I think it made his first appearance in like the morning shows. I mean, people, at that next morning, people were talking about it. Everybody was sending their videos and people were talking about yeah. it. I don't think he had time to make it on that evening news, but it was in the next day's paper. It was in the morning news. And then it quickly sprung from Phoenix to the rest of the world uh, immediately. Yeah. It was gigantic. It's like, I mean, people were th- saying, had a, a UFO just really boldly visited Arizona as if it was like announcing its presence. It was. Huh. It was weird. Explanations were very hard to come by, at least at first. The Phoenix air traffic control folks were mm-hmm. immediately contacted and they said, nope, we have no radar hits. We didn't huh. perceive anything in the sky. So, uh, you know, but of course, obviously a UFO could cloak. Um, <laughs> obviously. A controller, an air traffic controller who's on duty that night, his name was Bill Grava. He said the event was, quote, weird and inexplicable. And he said he had, quote, no idea what it was. Something military, I guess. Wait. End quote. I yes. thought air traffic control didn't see anything. He, Oh, they, they didn't hit, get radar. They absolutely saw the lights. They're like every other. Everybody oh, okay. in Phoenix, Anybody in Phoenix looking at the night that night saw these lights. They okay. were that bright. They were that prominent. Okay. If you were up and you looked to the southwest, you saw these lights. So they saw them with their eyeballs, but they didn't see them on radar. Yes. Would did they say that they should have seen them on radar? I don't know. I don't not, no, not not one way or the other. But okay. again, it, it most people again perceive these lights as like they're right there at the maybe they're at the edge of, of Greater Phoenix, but they're there. They're not yeah. that far off. Yeah. And um kind of again, kind of to the south. Did I say I might have said southwest. I should have said I south and, and and I think southeast of sort of central Phoenix. I don't it's know what really I said okay. earlier. It's not okay. It, it is. So <laughs> then of course people start asking the military. What did you see? What did you have? Did you have something out there? And at least at the immediate time, initially, the military said, wasn't us. So they talked to a spokesperson. I guess they they called Luke Air Force Base in the immediate Phoenix area. And they mm-hmm. asked, so, hey, we need an explanation. So whoever the public relations person on duty came up and said, okay, what you got for me? What, what, what are you trying to say? And they described the lights, and he said, uh, nope, we got no idea what that is. We have no floating string of lights or anything up in the sky from Luke Air Force Base. So the Air Force doesn't have anything like that out in the sky. Air Force, we in the Air Force don't have any planes out there right now. It wasn't us. How close is Luke Air Force Base? It's pretty close. It's pretty close. So theoretically, somebody at the Air Force Base might have been looking into the sky and seen them too. Theoretically, yeah. I don't know if this person, but, they, they again, yeah. they got a hold and they're given some PR flag. Yeah. The PR flag said, it wasn't us. We don't know yeah. what it was. You know, there I... I'm not sure I would rely heavily on them to be telling the truth. Ooh, some conspiracy theory vibes no. I'm getting here. I like it. I like it's it. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's just, you know. It's true. If it's some kind of secret object, they're yeah. not going to say, oh, yeah, that was our secret stuff. Oh, God damn it. I exactly. knew I shouldn't have talked to these. Yeah, that'd be bad. But then be also. Fired. Be demoted. I don't think they would be flying it over Phoenix where it's going to be seen if it's something super secret. You're getting ahead of us, care. Okay. The governor of Arizona at the time, his name is Jay Fife Simonton, and he was exactly like his name sounds like a rich douchebag. Those kind of people don't belong in Arizona. They don't belong in the in the world, okay? <laughs> Jay Fife Simonton, he was a douchey douchey. He was a crook. He would actually Fife. later be forced out of office for uh, criminal conduct. He was, okay. he was a urine specimen. He was a member of the Air Force in his earlier days before uh-huh. he became a sleazy business person. And the, at first, he would ridicule it. He actually did a press conference and he had his chief of staff dress up in like a cheesy Halloween alien costume, literally, and oh. had him come walking. He goes, oh, we have the people responsible for that thing that happened a couple nights ago, and here he is. And the, and the guy walked in in the alien costume, and all the reporters laugh and chuckle. Yeah. And then he takes his mask off and is, oh, don't ask me any questions. Yeah, come in peace. It was Stupid. very lame. Later, though, he would retract this and say that he knew of no U.S. craft that could explain the event. And he said he saw something very inexplicable. This later would be a decade later, after I believe he served time in prison. But uh, later he would say, "No, I, I was just doing that to calm people down." Yeah. And I, in, in fact, I was baffled by it as well. And I didn't, I, I as an ex Air Force person, couldn't explain it. Okay, I don't know if I believe him either because his name is J Five Simonton. Yeah. Okay, that's a good reason, by the way. And that's he probably solid... just wanted to talk to the yeah. I'm being press again. 100% truthful when I say that's a good, that his name's a good enough reason to doubt anything he says. The UFO enthusiast, 
first in Phoenix, and then the rest, I mean, they jumped on this thing. They pounced on this thing like cats on a meatloaf. That's an old saying. It's pretty common in my part of the world. Anyway, I just, let's not explore I'm pretty that. sure you just made that I up. I just didn't, no. There was a former doctor. Her name is Lynn, Lynn Cattell, and she was one of those who immediately jumped on, on into the action, And she, but she wasn't alone. There was some other local UFO and some national people started really, I mean, this became a big, big UFO thing instantaneously. Why is she a former doctor? And why is that important? I, she was a, um, because every time you see her name, they <laughs> they call her Dr. Lynn Cattell, as if that gives her some kind of authority to understand uh-huh. what UFOs are. Because she was, I don't know what kind of doctor. She was probably a homeopath. But she was a doctor. I guess she like quit medical service to research this for like years okay. and became something and she was a, a, a she already was a ufo enthusiast before this occurred i don't i, I don't know if she quit being a doctor before this or, or because of this i don't i don't yeah. know but um you know very as as you see a lot they they it's what's the word again the phrase again for people who who use expertise in one thing to, to give this veneers if they oh, have expertise in something I else. There's a word for that. I, didn't know there was and I can't one. remember what it is. It's like um, credential mongering or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Where, you know, you always, I, the whole idea of calling medical doctors doctors every time you, you uh, say their name is the stupidest yeah. thing in the world. I, I won't do that. But every time you see her her name in a caption, it says Dr. Lincoln like that makes her right. an authority or, or that makes her trustworthy, which yeah. is in this case, couldn't be further from the truth. No. She was on a Dateline episode, and more recently, she was also on a History's Greatest Mysteries episode. And Your favorite shows. <laughs> Not when they do these things, they aren't. History's Greatest Mysteries is, is embarrassing. It's, it's Lawrence Fishburne embarrassing himself for Ooh. a paycheck, and it's on the History Channel. Yeah, it's wow. bad, bad, which is 100% fake history. So... Uh, the, and and then she's been uh, so many local news outlets and things. They, I mean, everybody's talking to her. Yeah, she's just relentlessly pushes the theory that what everyone's seen on this day was an extraterrestrial craft. Right. She claims to have witnessed the event, which is you know again, like the, these when things become permanent. You know, a lot of people who never saw it say they saw it. My my suspicion is she didn't see this thing, but she's a UFO proponent so and she's in phoenix you kind of have to say you saw it i I, maybe she did i don't know but she would also later say that she saw quote intelligence unquote in the lights Mm. and that because you know a string of six or seven lights floating in the sky you can decide whether they have or do not have intelligence she decided they did have intelligence because they showed her that Uh she would later even say that she saw the object right directly outside her living room window I mean, right there, like every everybody else, every video, every still picture, you see it high in the sky, south of Phoenix, in the air, not Lynn. Yeah. Lynn sees it right out. I was like, knock, knock, I'm here. Because Lynn, <laughs> you're special to us. Yeah. Um, so more, I mean, I don't know if they're pranking her or if they really thought, we got to get a message. We got to visit Lynn now that we're here. So we, we're big fans of, of hers. So I think we now know why she's a former doctor. Because <sighs> she's uh-huh. a um, horrible, horrible fraud. She uh, and she has this obnoxious goddamn smile. I know I'm being personal now, but every time I've seen her, she has this. <laughs> she always, she almost looks like she looks like a cult member because she has one of those smiles. Ooh. You know what I mean? One of those ever-present smiles. Even if she's talking about something serious, she'll have this goofy smile on her, on her face. What's it's, her name again? It's her brand, Lynn Cattell, K-I-T-E-L. Anyway, so she's not trustworthy. She's full of shit, but. Still, you have this this kernel remain that thousands and thousands of people had seen this massive lit object in the sky that floated over Phoenix and, and for at least several minutes until it finally twinkled and disappeared. It was an, a, a, a pretty astounding event. And it, it, again, it became instantaneously the biggest story of the day. So the media response was almost universally accepting and sensational. You can tell by the fact that they, I mean, when I say I see Lincoln Tell on these Phoenix shows, I mean now, I mean recently, yeah. which is insane. And all these shows will say the same thing, which is, oh, the mystery remains. Well, it's now her job. It, it, it really, I, I don't know if she writes books, but I, but I think she pretty much is a UFO well, person. Her that's LinkedIn what she does. is CEO of something, something, something in Phoenix Lights Network. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, so the Phoenix yeah. Light became her 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 yeah. job, her yeah. ticket out of the drudgery of the medical profession. Mm-hmm. 
into the the fun and fabulous times of being a UFO fraud and doing the, the I imagine the convention circuit. I mean, the, the, but the media knew a ratings boon when they saw it, when it, and the newspapers did the same. So, I mean, all the reporting was, virtually all of the reporting was just completely credulous. What was that? It must have been a UFO. No one can explain what it was. And in fairness to them, no one did have an explanation initially. The, right. The, the military didn't. The air traffic control did not. But, you know, they, they would air everything. And anybody who said, yeah, here's what I saw. I saw some of the interviews of people. One kid is going, yeah, it was so close. I could have hit it with a baseball. I'm not kidding. And I think he really did have a Southern accent, even though he's in Phoenix, which doesn't make any sense. But I'm not kidding. I could hit with the ball. I could hit with the So, Billy, what did you say? Did you, um, you, you told your parents you can hit with a baseball? Yeah, I could have hit it with a baseball. That's how close that thing was to me. So, uh, and that, this is, by the way, was the V-shaped life, the initial thing. Yeah. So, really? Okay. Okay. Then what, you know what? Why didn't you, Billy? Yeah. Why didn't you? I mean, basically, no claim from any UFO proponent was too ridiculous to not air yeah. by the news. It, it was really pretty shameful. Again, the governor at the time, five, J. Five Simonton, he put on his little press conference show with the guy in the alien costume. But again, he would later kind of come around and retract that and and became something of a believer, apparently. At the time, though, there was a, a city councilwoman. I can't remember her name. She, a Phoenix city councilwoman, and she was relentless. She investigated, talked to people, went went personally, went to talk to any witness who would speak to her. She wow. did a report for the city council. She insisted on there being some kind of an official investigation into what it was. Arizona Senator John McCain joined in this call for wow. some kind of a government investigation to figure out what this was. Yeah, and they did. Kind of, but they did it really in a normal procedural way. So in other words, he said, okay, you know, they, they called that poor PR guy at the, at the Air Force, but later right. they said, okay, seriously, what was that? Military, right. Air Force, et cetera. And it took about four months because the, the wheels of government often, especially in the Pentagon, move slowly. Yeah. After about four months after the event, the United States Air Force produced a statement. What it said is, we'll get to that in a minute. But it didn't matter. It was too late. At that point, it didn't matter. So the Air Force produces a statement and says, here's what happened. Nope. Just about everybody says, oh, bullshit. Right. Typical government cover up. Uh-huh. By that time, so many people were invested in having seen a UFO that they couldn't have not seen a UFO. Right. So during those months, witnesses, again, they, they sprung up more and more of them. Claim, people claimed to see days after. So, oh, yeah, no, I saw it. I saw yeah. Everybody suddenly saw it. Yeah. And the, the stories began to get embellished and elaborated on. And the Phoenix lights almost instantaneously. It took a little while, but they kind of, after a few months, they had gone viral and became just a huge part of UFO lore in the country. Things didn't go viral in 1997, They did. They just did it in a different way. 97, I don't know. They could have on (laughs) AOL.com, sister. (laughs) I don't think so. I'm I'm pretty sure. Here's a side note. By the way, at the time of the event, a private pilot first reported the lights to the local air traffic control. He was flying in his private plane, and, and he saw something weird, and he mm-hmm. called air traffic control. I, from what I can tell, I think it was the V-shaped first thing uh-huh. that, that this pilot saw. He saw, I'm not 100% positive, the, a lot of the renderings in this event, if you, if you want to research it yourself, please do, but just know that there's a ton of, unsurprisingly, misinformation and just wrong, getting the facts wrong. And this article that I read about this private pilot, by the way, said that the, the floating lights hovering over Phoenix happened several hours after the V-shape. They didn't. They happened like 30 to 45 minutes after that. And it also, and we'll talk about this more in a minute as well, but they conflate the two events into one event. In fact, that's, that, that is a very, very key part of this story. So anyway, this pilot was flying into Phoenix. He sees the light. He radios it in to his site into the air traffic control. The air traffic control says it's not a plane. We don't know what it is. It's not one of our planes. We're not tracking it. And kind of forgets about it. So fly right into it. I mean, it's off, you know, it's not a, it's not yeah. a dangerous thing. It's just like, hey, I see some weird lights. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's like a V-shaped formation. I, again, I think it was the V-shaped thing. The years, years, years later, this pilot is, and he's, that's not his, his job was on pilot. He's, he, was, right. he had a license to fly. Yeah. Um, this person, he's watching... A documentary with his wife on the Phoenix Lights, and they start talking about this unnamed private pilot who first raided in. He goes, "Hey, that's me. I'm pretty sure that's me." Yeah. This person who was watching it with his wife, his wife was Goldie Hawn. 
this person was Kurt Russell. Seriously? Yes, he was flying their son Russell into Phoenix. I I, I visit a camp or something like that. I don't know. Your son Russell Russell? Russell. Oh, my God. No, I, I must have that wrong. <laughs> they were flying their son. Oliver. Oliver? I don't know. Oliver is, is that- Goldie Hawn's son. Their I think son it, together is Wyatt. Uh, you know, I think it was all. I could just want to said Oliver. It was Russell. Russell, by the way, would be a phenomenal <laughs> name, and I, I condemn them for not naming someone Russell. Uh, I think it was Oliver. I think I'm not positive. So he's following Oliver into Phoenix. He sees this, and and I think it's like 2017. He sees this documentary and goes, "Whoa, that's cool. That's funny." So soon, though. After, so what did he do? He just said, "Whoa." Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what it was. That's cool. I'm sure the document they're, they're we're watching was, you know. All that, pretty much everything on this says, oh, it was a UFO. It's, yeah. a, it's a mystery. Soon, though, the event kind of receded into the background as just, it was something unexplainable and unexplained to most people. It would, it, it became kind of a, a exhibit A or exhibit at least exhibit B or C in the UFO lore for something like, you can't explain this. This happened. And, um, but it still, it became well known, but kind of receded at least. For a decade, there were no more lights over Phoenix. In 2007, though, there were renewed reports about lights seen over Phoenix. And in 2008, the next year, in February of 2008, there were more reports of very mysterious lights seen over Phoenix, much like in 1997. Hmm. Now, what happened in March of 1997? You're probably wondering. So, I'm, however triggering this is to UFO enthusiasts, enthusiasts there is a quote official explanation for the phoenix lights okay i know the word official explanation is is a, a four-letter word yeah to you and it's in the word official is treated as if it's synonymous with cover-up and, and, and wrong and untruthful uh it's critical to understand the event as actually two distinct events if we really want to see what happened that's very very important because they're like I said a minute ago, very often portrayed as a single event, and the two events are conflated in a way that makes them much more mysterious than it ought to be. Okay. And this this conflation has, whether it's done honestly or not so much, which is frequently the truth. What's happening has been a huge part of making this uh, making something that's, that's explicable into something that's inexplicable. So let's start with the first event. The first Phoenix lights, which was the V-shaped or triangular-shaped five-light object Mm -hmm. that was seen over southern Nevada, went across northern Arizona, and then finally over Phoenix before it disappeared. Many reported this as, again, a multi-light, single, solid, triangular-shaped object flying low and slow through the night. So let's dissect that, if any of that's actually true. Was it a single object, and was it flying low and slow. Mitch Stanley was a young man who lived in Scottsdale, Arizona. That's another Phoenix suburb. He was an astronomy enthusiast, and he had a very good telescope. It's a 10-inch Dobsonian. Oh, so pretty that nice, is right? A good one, yeah. You you know a little about oh, telescopes. I thought you might. Uh-huh. These telescopes, they're really good. Like, like you know, you think of the amateur's telescope, and sometimes, like, you know, you, you see something in your naked eye, and you try to find it in the sky. It's yeah, not easy. Yeah. This is easy. Yeah. If you see something, you're going to find it as soon as you want to. And it had a magnification of 60x, 60 times, which means that Stanley, when he was viewing those V-shaped triangular lights in the sky, he could see it 60 times closer than you with the naked eye could see. Mm-hmm. It's a lot better. Yeah. Stanley saw the five-light object in the sky, naked eye, and then he trained his telescope on it and he clearly saw that the five lights were not a solid mass. They were five individual objects. Okay. He also saw, again, very clearly, no doubt, that the five lights were... Airplanes. Airplanes. For sure. No doubt, unequivocally, prosaic, earthbound airplanes. He literally saw five airplanes. Kind of a square shape in the profile, but... For sure, planes, no question whatsoever. Okay. They were airplanes. And he's not the only one, but he had a, just a phenomenal view. And, and, and they were very, very small, which told him what? They were far away. They're far, far away. So did he tell anybody at the time? He did. Okay. But I'll, I'll, nobody I'll get, listened to him. Well, well yeah. He, it was buried in an avalanche yeah. of nonsense. Yeah. So the planes were not flying slowly or near the viewer. Nope. They were 
very high in the sky, flying pretty darn fast. They are five distinct objects, all all lit and um, all separated, not one mass. Yeah. So you, you asked a second ago, did Stanley tell the media? He absolutely told the media. He did, like, I think like the very next day, Yeah. He, he told the media. The media listened to it. In fact, I think one local station even kind of mentioned it, maybe briefly interviewed it. But again, it was like wall-to-wall coverage. Yeah. It wasn't quite OJ-level coverage, but it was a lot of coverage. And you had Mitch Stanley saying, yeah, I, no, I saw five planes. Um, and then you had, you know, 10 people saying, oh, I saw it was mysterious. And remember yeah. what they're also talking about and what became the bigger story by far was those Second slowly one. floating yeah. balls. That clearly was not five A-10s going 400 miles an hour. Yeah. I don't mean misunderstood here. I'm not condemning most of the witnesses who said they saw a solid object. That is human nature. That is, we all fashion lights in the night sky into a single, single object and we th- almost invariably think lights in the night sky are closer than they really are. It's just human perception. It's the way our eyes process information and translate it into our brain. That's what we see. Yeah, but but we should know that we're not experts. And- uh, no, but 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 what happened is that became almost like a mob mentality. Everybody's saying, I, I saw this. And the, interp- the, the initial interpretation, I, I, I've, we've talked about this before. I think we have, or we will, or we, we, we maybe have, but... When you see something in the sky now that you don't understand, almost every American, in fact, people across the globe are conditioned for their first thought to be alien aircraft. It just is. It's the nature of the beast. Is that your first thought when you see a light in the sky? Most people it is. It absolutely is. Carrie, we just did that not that long ago when I walked with the dogs and we saw these weird lights and we're going, what is that? You cannot tell. You went thinking, hmm. No, I UFO? assume they're airplanes. But if, if it's, if it's they're doing something that doesn't appear very airplane-y or seems very not airplane, like they're much too big to be an airplane or they're going too slow to be an airplane or they're silent in airplanes you should hear if they're that close to you. If that's how you're perceiving it, you're going to, to, to think about UFOs first. Uh, uh, millions of us, if if we see something inexplicable that we can't explain, we think UFOs, or we think we at least entertain the possibility. Yeah, for sure. But also those dots, those lights that we saw, they were barely moving. So my assumption isn't, oh, there are UFOs hovering in the night sky. My assumption is they're airplanes very far away. Well, you're smarter than most people in Phoenix. Don't you feel very superior? No, now, I don't. But I'm, I, I'm, I'm saying, not so sure that that many that. It's that high of a percentage of oh, people I think it's a, it's, it's that are, overwhelming. are assuming they're uh, UFOs. But, you know, if anything, honestly, the Phoenix Lights proves my point. Almost everyone thought this was a UFO who saw it, and they and and we've we've got to event one now, and event one clearly was airplanes. You you're right. Most folks should have thought, okay, airplanes. Most folks yeah. who saw it thought UFO. I mean, it just and they'd come more to think that because that became the story. Yeah. That but also the because of the way they were flying or something, maybe mm-hmm. it looked a little bit different. Which you know, ours were two little lights in the sky. Yeah, one was well, bigger than the other, and whatever, distance, but. distance, size, and speed are just impossible for I humans know. to judge for things in the air. In daytime, it's oh, impossible to judge things on the in the ground. Air. When GPS says in a thousand feet, turn right. Yeah, I have no clue. That's a weakness what of yours. That's specific to you. She's like, now? And it's no. It's, it's now? Now? It's immediately. Please hey, turn right in hey, 2,000 feet. Now? We also know that they know it's the second right. Say the second fucking right. You don't have to say. No, Carrie. They're going to say. In a thousand feet. They're going to say in a thousand right. feet. Please turn right at the Denny's because Denny's pays. Them no, that's that. like you saying, go east. Yeah. Carrie hates directions. We're seeing this is the problem with our marriage. Carrie can't do directions or distance. <laughs> the problem with our marriage is I literally was practically in tears when you were going, go east, go east. I said, just say left or right. The uh, very next direction you gave me, go east. No, I don't yeah. know. That sounds embellished. No. So we naturally, again, see objects closer than they really are. I'm, I'm sorry. We see them as more distant than they really are. And we see them as a single object, even if they are disparate objects. That's just, uh, it's human perception. Sure. So if you if if you think something's closer to you, are fairly close to you, and it's going, it's just There's, kind of yeah. gradually going across in that sky. You have to think it's going abnormally, weirdly slow. That's right. Like, so the people think that's too slow for an airplane. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I mean, again, the witnesses, I think, were reporting very honestly what they saw. Yeah. The filling in thing is also natural, as we talked about. So people, I think, were very honestly thinking a triangle, not not uh, five independent objects. So. What were these planes? I actually said it a second ago. They were A-10s. A, it's called the Warthog. They were flying in their standard V formation. They were flying exactly right. as you'd expect them to fly. 
their attack aircraft, and they were being flown as part of something called Operation Snowbird. This was a pilot training program for various Air National Guards. And they'd go to Arizona because, in this case, it was the Maryland Air National Guard was doing this thing because they don't have big open spaces over Maryland. Yeah. They fly across it in minutes. and But they do in Arizona. So they go places like Arizona and Utah and New Mexico and Nevada sure. to, uh, to train. That's exactly what this was. Again, so when the Air Force came back in four months and said, yeah, okay, sorry, it took us this long. And sorry, that guy at, on the first night of didn't know about it, yeah. didn't know the details. But this was Operation Snowbird because the reason was these were not Air Force craft. They were Air National Guard craft. They, they were flying oh, out okay. of an Air Force base, but they were not Air Force craft. Okay. But the spokesperson for, he the, for the Air Force base should have, you know, yeah. maybe picked up the telephone and asked somebody. Because Kevin was a dum-dum. Uh, we have this. <laughs> if he would have said, oh, that's Operation Snowbird. Yeah. And it may, who knows? It may have been like, oh. I don't know how secret that is or if we're supposed to talk about that right now. I don't know. I don't know. He might have been thinking. You, you err on the side of secrecy in that job, for sure. I the, think the they Pentagon. know how secret certain things are. No, no, no. Also, if they're doing it over Phoenix, it's not a secret. Yeah, that, that is the weird part. The planes were flying out of the Davis-Monthan Air Force Base, which is closer to Tucson. That's to kind of the east-southeast well, of maybe Phoenix. maybe that's why the Phoenix guy didn't know about it. That's exactly why he didn't know. Oh, about okay. It. They, 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 so he's at Luke Air Force Base, mm -hmm. and they're flying out of a different Air Force yeah. Base, and they're not Air Force craft. But so also, it's not that inexplicable that he didn't know. You about know what, Air Force? You might think, oh, well, they didn't fly out of Luke. Maybe they flew out of Blobbity Blah. Blobbity Blah. Which isn't that far away. We really should have an Air Force Base called Blobbity Blah Air Force Base. <laughs> I can't remember what you said. Something Monson. Davis Monthan. That. Oh, okay. You'd have never heard of it? It's very famous. About Davis Monthan. If you've never heard Davis R. Monthan, have you? So the A-10s may also have been a little bit confusing to see because when you see jet lights, what do you see? When you see airplane lights, you see them blinking. I was going to say flashing. Yeah. They, they flash. Yeah. They always flash. Military craft do not flash. That's an FAA restriction or rule for civilian craft that's military craft, a good thing to know for military craft they're for sight they're not for like collision avoidance so they're not they they are on all the time so you okay. see a light on the, on all the all time. time it's military craft and this may have confused the witnesses a little more than normal huh the formation of these planes these warthogs took off uh sometime before 8 p.m i'm not sure exactly when they flew their exercise, they landed back at Davis Monthan Air Force Base about 8.45 p.m. or so. And again, that's east of Phoenix on the other side of the Sierra Estrella Mountains from Metro mm -hmm. Phoenix. So they, they went on the other side of the mountains and, and landed over closer to Tucson. When they flew behind the mountains, remember the mountains, what are the mountains? Pitch black at night, if mountains in the distance, what do you see? Nothing. You see nothing. They're yeah. invisible. Those mountains are invisible. So suddenly, those airplanes would just disappear right. when they went beyond the mountains from wherever you were standing. And most of Phoenix is a fairly low valley floor. So, you know, uh, well, I guess we talked about this. I was going to say the, the, the whole Luke Air Force Base thing is very explicable that he didn't know about this operation. And so what happens, though, is that when mistakes are made, just honest mistakes are made, yeah. You you can never unmake that. You can never unsay that because you weren't because that guy wasn't omniscient or just or didn't think to to look into before he answered the question. It's now taken as that was part of a cover up. Right. It's a sure sign of a conspiracy. It's manufacturing a mystery, but it's it's hard to do. It's, the Roswell incident is famous for this. When the first thing was this stupid thing that it was the the person who um what's his, I can't remember his name now, but he uh, uh you know released the the press release that said flying saucer found on the on the sand. It was nothing of the sort. It was mm -hmm. a, it was a weather balloon. It was a, it was a secret spy balloon. But uh, that initial. Very first newspaper story has never been able to live down, even though Roswell wasn't a thing for two, uh, about four decades. So also the square, remember I said Mitch Stanley saw these these planes and they had a kind of a squarish profile. He didn't mm -hmm. know what they were. That's an A-10. An A-10 has this weird, it's called Warthog for a reason. Yeah. It's kind of an ugly, it's not a sexy, sleek plane at all. They're ugly attack craft that are very lethal. And it, it fits with the A-10 explanation perfectly what Mitch Stanley saw at 60 times magnification. Okay. Both the United States Air Force and the Maryland Air National Guard would later say, yeah, no, that was us. Yeah. No, you know, that was, we were flying our, our A-10s in that V formation. So, I mean, if, if you're trying to say this was UFOs and build a conspiracy theory, you're talking about everybody who was part of the Air National Guard from Maryland, everybody who was part of the U.S. Air Force involved in, in, the, in I think it's like three Air Force bases in 
in around around Phoenix in that area. Yeah. So and and they've kept the secret for now over a quarter century. Yeah. You're, you're starting to build what we've always I've always said is that the more involved and elaborate yeah. and more people know about your conspiracy, the less likely it is to be true. Yeah. Well, you've you've got that here in spades. There were very, very few good pictures or videos of the first event, the A-10s and flying in the V formation. But there's one decent vi video, and it clearly shows them moving in, you know, at the same speed with each other, moving in, um, the, in the formation exactly as you'd expect to see five A-10s. So they were doing a good job. They were doing a great job. I mean, you just basically lock in and set your speed. Yeah. It's cruise control, I assume. I think you, I think you, can, you can flick the steering wheel. You can tap the brake. To stop the cruise control, but on <laughs> on an A10, I believe it's my understanding. Or it could be voice commands. I don't know. So this then, was 1997. This was you're right. Not the same technology we have today. Now, no, our cruise control is so much better now. Mm -hmm. Now we have Teslas that can run into cops <laughs> because they're terrible. So almost an hour later, you see these uh, this next set of lights in over Phoenix, and they are, appear to be hovering and and slowly, very very slowly descending. This was another part of Operation Snowbird. It again involved the Maryland Air National Guard that was there today to do their training. Yeah. This training was a little different, though, because this sortie also flew out of the Davis-Monthan Air Force Base, and it flew over what's called Barry Goldwater Air Force Range in, is it Pima or Pima County, Arizona? I'm not sure, but it's south of Phoenix, so it's exactly where the floating lights were seen. Uh -huh. And their exercise was to... Any idea? Want to take a guess? Uh, parachuters. Close, not bad. Sort of flares oh. on parachutes, but flares, illumination flares to be specific. These okay. flares are intended to be extremely bright, and the idea is that you light up the terrain in the ground to see operations, to, to get an intel or just to see what's going on during the night down oh. on the ground. They're extraordinarily bright. And they are um, to be used. They're, they're essentially they were training for if they saw some more action. Okay, they, they would release these flares in a in a for, in a tight formation to light up the ground beneath them. Okay, there's just isn't any mystery here for for what this was. These were flares. I'm sorry if you don't want to believe that they're flares, but okay, they were so flares. They came out and gave this information four months after the fact. Yes. Why are there still documentaries being that's a, made? That's a, that's a fantastic <laughs> question. But I mean, yeah, Kurt, the, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn to be watching. <laughs> the USAF eventually they they yeah, they explained it. It took them a little while, but they did. The Maryland Air National Guard has been very open about it. Yeah. The people on the mission have talked about it. Yeah, no, I did that. I dropped those flares. Uh, is um, it's been in like their, they, I guess you, you, you have some histories about the Maryland Air National Guard. And part of the thing is like, oh, in 1997, they did some exercises out over the, of the Arizona <laughs> and they dropped flares and they did, you know, they, they had, they did A-10s. It was even reported, by the way, in July of, of 1997, just a few months later in the Arizona Republic, but it, it just, it just got buried again. Yeah. There was so much misinformation that actual information just gets lost. Yeah. The event. Oh, okay. So, so, um, the string of lights, you know, you, you have pattern, pattern forming here in this, in the flare, in this, let's call it the second event, because that's really what it is. Yeah. And you see these string of lights across the night sky with nothing in between. So you form what? A giant cylinder. Yeah. Or, you know, you, I don't know if, you, well, you probably don't, but I've looked at the UFO <laughs> lore again no, since I was a haven't. child. And you'll, you'll notice one thing. You'll notice a lot of UFOs historically have been described as, quote unquote, cigar shaped. Yeah. And I wonder, I don't think they're all flares. But that's more or less, this was a long cigar, but essentially if you, it's a long cylinder on a side. A yeah. lot of people, so I, I wonder how many cigar shaped UFOs have been, have been flares, at least in the, in the semi modern right. era. I don't know. I'm just saying, but anyway, that's the kind of perception, you know, people again are connecting these dots, right. these six or seven dots, which also were kind of this reddish orange. And, and also, by the way, I've seen the videos and, and when you, when you magnify the video, and make it close, you see this kind of reddish orange and it's almost like a pulsating it looks like heat, yeah, because um, it is. And and then, if, but if you see the, them from distance, they look more white. So the color kind of gets lost oh. from the distance. I don't know if that's that's that. I think that's how it should work. I believe. Huh. So anyway, these because because of where it was, the flares were very visible to all these Phoenicians, and they are dropped by parachute. So that's important because the heat of the flares creates like a balloon effect. Right. So that heat, and it causes them not to rise, but to slow so down slow, and, yeah. and and almost seem to not be falling at all, to be hovering yeah. or floating and not falling because they virtually are, especially as they're so high up, you can't even tell that they are descending. It takes a long time to realize, oh, they are getting lower very, 
very slowly, just kind of like a hot air balloon. And that also makes effect. sense why some of them seem to dip. Yep, exactly. That's exactly true. Or, or you know, they, they're not going to go at the exact right. perfect speed. So some are going to be a little bit out of line, even though they're dropped at roughly about the same time within, yeah. I, I imagine within sec- milliseconds of each other. So they slowly, this, these flares slowly descend over these odd Phoenix witnesses who are watching, who are taking videos, who are taking pictures. And eventually what do they do? They're to the southeast. So what are they going to do? They're going to fall behind the Sierra Estrella Mountains again. And when they do, as I described, they appear to suddenly blink out and disappear. Right. And in the sky, above the sky, because they are. I don't know how high, but thousands of foot high peaks. So people are perceiving that, oh, my God, they're still in the air and they just disappeared. Right. Because they fell behind a mountains that you can't see in the dark of night. <laughs> so, and, and when the canisters of the fuel, when they run out, they actually, like a little bolt explodes and releases them. So the spent flares just fall harmlessly, hopefully, to the ground right. and don't, you know, don't hurt anybody. Exactly, that's exactly what happened. Exactly, so some people did report like a little flare up before they disappeared. Yeah. That's exactly what happened because yeah. there was a little explosion that released them so they could fall to the ground. All of the videos show this. They show exactly this. They show them slowly descending and then disappearing in a string. There's, there's, yeah. there's, I mean, it's a, it's a situation where the UFO proponents think the, the video evidence is like, oh, case closed. This was a UFO. When in fact, the, UFO, the video evidence shows conclusively what they really were, which was, was flares. Right. In fact, they were L-U-U-2B slash B flares. And I know, I just had to throw that in because I, I read it. And <laughs> they're used to, again, illuminate ground operations. And the flares, um, they, what, what happens, I guess they've tested him and they do, they do look like this. They, the Air Force actually did a test later and it did pretty much mimic what was seen. Yeah. Um, so I've, in all the things that I think are written by credible sources, they say yes. And it, and it, it, it looked very much like what was reported. In all of the sort of pro UFO stuff and the history's greatest mysteries, they literally report, I, I believe, what is the same event, which is the Air Force testing it and saying oh, they didn't look like anything like it at all. So like, oh, they they screwed right. themselves by doing this test. Yeah. So I don't know. I haven't seen the test. I suspect it looked exactly like the flares disappearing yeah. over the behind the mountains. So the history's mysteries. Yeah. Makes it seem like it's all a conspiracy and a cover up. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's okay. re- it's it's awful. Wow. Um, it's embarrassing. The f- Another one of the mysteries is the silence. Well, again. The science is not mysterious when they're flares. You don't yeah. expect to see that. And the yeah. silence of the initial, the first event was be- you didn't hear those planes because they were Too very high away. in the sky. Yeah. So there's no mystery about the silence. And again, that's sort of part of the lore is like, well, the, how good these uh, earthbound terrestrial craft not make noise that people hear? Well, yeah. here's why. Because they're high or in the case of the flares, they're flares. Flares don't make jet noises. Yeah. Sorry, bro. And then comes the confusion due to the conflation of these two separate events, and that has had a lasting impression on this. So what happened is this. The events in many people, minds of many people, the events were were merged into a single event. And what the UFO advocates have, I think, purposely done this. They've merged them into a single event. So when the explanation about the A-10 is aired and people say, well, here's what, part of that, this was the first thing where these planes, uh, the people who saw the flares go, that's crazy. They were hovering and they were moving. Those weren't planes. Those can't have been planes. No shit, that wasn't planes because what you're describing were flares, right. not planes. And vice versa. If you say, oh, they were flares, you say, well, no, I saw them moving across in a V-shaped formation. There's no way that could have been flares. Right. And this has been done relentlessly. Yeah. And I, I, I strongly, strongly, strongly believe that has been done purposefully. So, in, in fact... Um, it, 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 what it's done to make the quote unquote official explanation sound ridiculous and nonsensical. Right. Like it's a typical government cover up, and you know, it, it's, it's, it makes people, uh, it makes the, the government story look dumb. The media helps this a lot because I, I, I guess you'll see they'll, they'll be asking someone about, let's say, say I, in one media account, they're asking someone who saw the Warthogs, who saw event one, if it could have been flares. And he said, and this person said, no, and that, that dateline special. That yeah. was very influential. That was early on. I think it was it was not long after the event. It even showed people on Dateline remembering the earlier V-shaped UFO while they were showing pictures of the flares. So that's sleazy. Yeah, they were Dateline was basically sh- uh, talking to people who had seen the A10, and they were showing um, 
the flares. Yeah. The, the, to make the, the official story sound ludicrous and impossible. Yeah. So this, and there's still tons of it out there. You still see it on, like, like I said, I guess because it's the 25th anniversary or, or actually it's 26th now, but earlier last year when the 25th anniversary we had a, a slew of shows and I think a slew of shows when History's Greatest Mysteries had its special and also some documentary called UFO or something on Netflix had an episode on this as well. How'd you miss it? I don't know. I'm glad I did. And um, <laughs> Lynn Cattell is on all of these shows. Yeah. It's it's just the, the media has done a, a just butchered this story. And as yeah. you know, I, I've said this many times before. Joe, the people who who claim paranormal things have everything their way in the media. Right. Period. Yeah. They just do. It's, it's the opposite of what it may have been twenty or thirty or fifty years ago. This was. Between twenty and thirty years ago, so I know, but even, uh, but like I said, even then it was pretty well. Okay, so fifty or sixty yeah. years ago, when was their last shame for, or like it was kind of, oh, I'm so embarrassed, but I think I saw UFO. Yeah. That hasn't been true for decades. Yeah. It's the exact opposite way. Now, if you try to say calmly, mm, "Sorry, those were flares. You're the dick. You're covering yeah. up. You're lying." And the people who, the people who want to, they, I mean, these people can say anything they want, yeah. and they're going to get a, a, a credulous audience, and that's 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 not okay. So no, we should go back to treating them like the crazies that they are. Honestly, there needs oh. to be consequences for saying stupid. <laughs> well, not not. I I, I don't want anything to be. If you think you saw something, hey, see something, exactly. say something. Absolutely. But so many of these people are just fraud. Lynn Cadell is a fraud. Yeah. She's she's a uh, just uh, she's selling bullshit to make money. You don't Fact. think she really believes it? I don't think she does. I'll bet she does. I, she looks a little crazy, so maybe she does. Yeah. But she knows what she's saying. It's still it's still on her. Yeah. She's she knows the she knows the truth and she refuses it and spreads the the, the not yeah. truth. That's on her whether she believes it or not. Yeah. Well, if she believes it, then she's spreading she, the truth. No, she's not spreading the truth. She's spreading lies. I know that. But Even if she her, doesn't know their lies, that doesn't make it okay. Like you said yeah. it ago, if you're not an expert and don't know what the fuck you're talking about, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Or, or at least just say, you know, if you have a logical thing to say or, or if you have something. Besides, she also says she saw it outside her living room window. Well, of course. So, yeah. Uh, sorry, sister. Um. Also, by the way, I guess some people have said they saw, oh, no, it couldn't have been behind the mountains because I saw them fall in front of the mountains. That's just not true. So yeah. there's a lot of misperception at the time as yeah. well. For instance, uh, it, people started looking at the witness testimony, and the witnesses who lived like in the foothills and were higher up actually saw the lights disappear a little later than the people down in the Valley of Florida, which fits exactly with yeah. them falling behind those mountains, which we know they did because we know exactly where they fell, and so does the Air yeah. Force and the Maryland Air National Guard. They needed smart people with real credentials to analyze this and go on the news yeah. and talk about it. I don't know what well, area of study these people would be, but... Astronomers, military specialists, people like not that. Not military people. What do you mean then? You know, like... Not astronomers. Why astronomers? Well, people who understand like, the sky, I, I yeah. guess. And people, I, I, I think military people understand aircraft and how aircraft might look and things like that, right? Sure, yeah. but if it's a, if we think it's a military cover up, maybe oh, an aeronautical engineer or somebody. Well, you, you just need that guy you know. Bob something who worked um, in Area Fifty One for years, and then the government uh, expunged <laughs> his real resume from the all the global public record to embarrass him. I'm sure there are lots of professors or smart people with yeah. you know degrees. Yeah, well. They usually ignore thing. this stuff because it's like, oh, that was flares. I'm done. No, I know, but they could lend their expertise to. Sure, sure. But I, I, want, I want to tell you an example of something of, that really illustrates how people who want to believe are going to believe no matter mm -hmm. what you say to them. So this is a witness who swore he saw a triangle. This is the first event. He, saw, he, he thought the A-10s were a triangle, a solid object, et cetera, just like a lot of folks did, in fairness to him. But he was in a position where he saw the lights the, 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 what he thought was an object pass in front of the moon, right? Okay. And, when, and when these five lights, this solid triangle passed in front of the moon, the solidity disappeared and he could, only, he could see five lights and he saw like wavy lines trailing behind each of the five lights. What is that? Those are contrails. Yeah. So he saw the solid mass disappear and he saw contrails. His interpretation was that, was that oh, the alien pilot of the aircraft cloaked his aircraft and made it disappear <laughs> and looked like at, at the exact time when it passed between him specifically uh -huh. and the moon. I, I mean, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing anyone can do no. for that person if he wants to think that happened. So suddenly, just to fuck with him at the exact right time yeah. for just him, because anybody standing somewhere else wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been the same time it passed over right. the moon. 
uh, you know, made made the craft disappear. <laughs> oh, and by the way, left the lights on. So yeah. I'm not sure why you're cloaking. <laughs> um, this is the worst cloaking device ever. We can all see the lights still. That's that's a I think a very a good illustration. Yeah. So the official story is what I just explained, but there's still people who think that it's not true. There's people people think like, oh, it was a military. Super secret military craft, like the B, you know, we always right. talked about the B-2 bomber was seen for years before it was, it was talked about and yeah. made public. Well, that's the point, though. There are always, all these secret things are eventually talked about and made public. If we had a 6,000, if we had a mile-long cigar-shaped craft, <laughs> we would know about it 26 years later. Right. Sorry. So, clearly, it's not any kind of military craft. Obviously, the, the, the major explanation for this is UFO. It was some yeah. kind of an alien craft or crafts. It had to be crafts. It's funny how how the uh, you, you kind of forget these would be two very, very different craft in the sky at the same time over yeah. Phoenix if, if this is really a UFO thing. But it's, it has obvious appeal because it, it was weird to see. Yeah. And it really was. But again, the History Guys Mystery Show had 100% of the people were, were true believers. They didn't have a single... I hate to use the word skeptic yeah. because I, I honestly, I think in this case, true believers are skeptics. Yeah. You know the truth. We presented the truth to you and you're skeptical about it. You're the right. skeptic. You're the yeah. one who's not open-minded. You're very close-minded if you think this was a UFO. Uh, you know, you, you aren't willing to accept actual data and evidence, honestly, like Lincoln Tell, who is, is vile. So um, <laughs> she, was, she said, she, and this on the History's Greatest Mystery, she said, she she was says she watches watching the lights, but we now know the flares, and that she saw one of the lights disappear because it went behind the mountains. And she said, "But I quote, felt like it was still there." No. <laughs> and she says she saw the lights and quote, felt like someone was watching me. And again, oh. she also said, "I mean, she's just an attention seeking yeah. kind of a a clown." And I would I would say this. You know, I, I know I'm going to piss off a lot of UFO. I I don't I I don't want to, but but just. If you really want to explore the idea that there's UFOs, that's I think that's great. I do. I'm fascinated by it. I'd love for there to be UFOs. You should be more you should not be pissed off at me for for you know being honest about it and looking at this rationally. You should be pissed off at people like Link and Tell and people like that who are lying to you yeah. or making things up. And why are they doing that? They're doing that to make money off you. To for you go to the conferences and buy their books and shit like that. They're lying to you to make money off of you. They are a scam artist. Don't be mad at me. Be mad at them and explore it. And that, that goes for almost every field of paranormal is that if, if I, I think it's great. Look at it with a truly open mind. And when it's not true, be, you have to be honest with yourself. When it is, when, when there's something still there, like for instance, I, I mentioned the Tic Tac, Tic Tac. The tic tac tic tac episode. That's that's um yet to be explained. That's fat to me. Yeah. That's really interesting. And what we're going to talk about next week, the Muskegon lights. Bear with me. You're going to hear me say that there might be something there. I don't know, but it is vastly less explicable and way more mysterious and way more compelling than the Phoenix lights. The Phoenix lights were a tens. And flares. We know that with dead certainty, you just are going to have to move on. And you're going to. And, and I wish you would ignore people like Lincoln Tell and say terrible things about her on social media. I'm kidding. Don't do that. Actually, do that. <laughs> no, so, don't do that. The uh, another one of the persons on the on the history's greatest mysteries. Are, he's he, they they. T I'll, I'll end with this. But there's a part where they talk about a guy who called in. So uh, an anonymous person called into. You guessed it. Their coast to coast radio show, oh, the infamous course. radio show yeah. where no one can say anything that's not true, no matter how nonsensical what they're saying. And this person said, Oh, I was a corpsman for the Air Force and I was at Luke Air Force Base. And when this happened in March, and this is years later, they called in. I think they called, I can't remember, they called in years later and said, um, Yeah, oh, we got reports. F 15s were scrambled. Essentially, oh. there was a dogfight yeah. between the US Air Force and alien craft from an interstellar traveling society yeah. and hey we won oh. or at least we held Scared our own away. right because oh, we okay. no literally the stories they skip this thing this the show veers into like yes there was this dogfight. there was this war wow. we won and here's the thing so and, and they treat it like okay well this person said that so we have to ex you you skeptics have to explain that away like like we should believe a right. single word this dipshit said. I that's mean, literally, funny. it's like, well, that's we we now have new information. Explain <laughs> that new information. <laughs> it's just ludicrous. So 
And and I guess they end the show on the History's Greatest Mysteries talking about basically there's this dogfight and, and we won. And so knowing though they would need a cover story, the A-10s and the flares were instantly deployed to provide a cover story when they had to explain the dogfight the next day to this public who must have seen the scenes. It's, it's, in, it's insane level insanity. But so the public didn't see the dogfight. Nope. The public only saw the cover-up. Yes, they saw the cover-up. And by the way, this cover-up was instantaneously yeah. implemented. It would have had to have been thought up and implemented yeah. as the dogfight is still going on for this to have happened. Yeah. It's, it's that, and this is treated and it's presented like it's rational thought. And it's not. Yeah. So again, I know I pissed a lot of people off. But you have to maybe not just try to to when you assess these folks, assess them with some logic, assess them with rationality. And I hate to say this, but don't believe what they say until you can verify it from a source more credible because they lie a lot. Yeah, they really do. They they embellish and they lie constantly because it's one of those things we talked about many times. Is that if something can be explained away, they think of something that is less explicable. Right, and and they'll always embellish and and add to it to make it more and more difficult. To explain array. Yeah. And that's that's what happened here. There's been some embellishment with this. But I could be completely wrong, and Lynn Cattell could have been visited by these UFOs just outside her window because she's so special and her smile is so charming. Yeah, you never know. Maybe that, you cherry picked all the sources that you consider credible. Maybe I did. And but I didn't. You know. No, I mean I I mean I, I try to assess these things with uh, like I said, like a lot of the um of the sort of proponent type articles are written with just just factual errors all yeah. the time they're riddled with errors yeah. there's one in esquire magazine it was embarrassing it was, really her name is abigail something the writer she should be ashamed of herself but it, it, <laughs> it was just it, it just it stated just nonsensical illogical statements and just to try and again it's still presented to this day as this we don't know what happened super mysterious when it's yeah. absolutely nothing of the sort we know exactly what happened doesn't matter yeah next huh. week though i promise you it's going to be a different, that's why I call these bookends. This is the, it's gotcha. all bullshit, lights story. Next week, we're going to find some lights in the sky that well, are vastly more mysterious. How now, it's going to end. Oh, no. There's, 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 some, there's some good stuff next okay. week. Trust me. It's an interesting, interesting story for sure. Okay. I'll wait and see. Okay. Oh, well, thanks, Dean. Anytime. UFO episode number what? I don't, not UFO episode number what? What are you talking about? How many UFOs have we I done? like UFOs. <laughs> I'll keep, you should do some. You'll never do a UFO episode, will you? You can have your corner all have Whatever. time. Okay, all right. well, hey, thanks everybody for listening. See ya.